Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I'm a life mindset and human design mentor who is all about helping you heal and rediscover your authentic self so you can go out and do some really epic stuff. So this podcast is going to be all about spirituality, self-empowerment, self-discovery, wellness, healing, parenting, sobriety, mental health, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This is all about helping you along in your own self-project journey. So go ahead and let's sit back and dive right in. I want to welcome to the show today, Emiko Jaffe. And Emiko is a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach, and she takes a weight neutral non-diet approach to health and fitness. So, and I'm really, really excited to talk more about this because we were chatting just a little bit before we started about, um, you know, such uh, this diet culture that we've had surrounding us, you know, even growing up, I, you know, look through my experiences growing up and all the different methods and diets and approaches that I've tried. So I'm really glad that we're going to be touching more on this. And, um, you know, I I would really love, um, if you did not mind sharing more about yourself with us and what it is that you do, Nico. Sure. So, um, how I started with fitness is a pretty typical, uh, story for most people who get into fitness is I really like exercise and movement. And I was pretty athletic growing up. I was a dancer. Um, but it wasn't until I started training for a pole competition. Cause that was another thing I got into my late thirties. Um, I did a pole competition and I need to be really strong and I didn't have, I needed to fill in the gaps of strength work. So I started working with a personal trainer who helped me do that. And I was like, this is amazing. I have to do this. And so that's kind of what led me to do that. And that was like 2012. Um, but it wasn't until pretty recently where I've adopted that new moniker, weight neutral, non-diet approach or being a coach. And uh, probably within the last year, when I realized that weight stigma and fat phobia were social justice issues and I really, and I'm still learning, I'm still learning about how just violent and dangerous this is to everyone, but especially to those who are in fat bodies right? Like the people who, when we can't go to the, or we, they can't go to the store and find clothes that fit them, right? To a regular store. Uh, These are the people who get uh, denied medical care because of their weight and their size. Um, And I was completely unaware that this was the big problem that it is. But as soon as I became aware of it, I was like, I can't participate in this. (laughs) Like this cannot be something I contribute to. Um, And it trickles down, like we have um, this fear in our society, right, that we would end up in a larger body, like that's the worst thing that could happen. Um, And so even those of us who are thin, even those of us who are, you know, closer to the thin ideal, and um, conventionally accepted appearance standards, we're still worried, right? There's all of us are worried about maintaining that look, we're striving to main, to get that look. And this is a problem because it interferes with our life, living our life. If we're so 
consumed with trying to look a certain way, achieve a certain body size and weight, then how are we contributing? How are we showing up into our interpersonal relationships to meaningful work, to fun hobbies? There's a, an author, Christy Harrison, she's an anti-diet. In fact, her book is called Anti-Diet and highly recommend it. Uh, and she says, you know, it's hard to smash the patriarchy on an empty stomach. So <laughs> meaning, right, like whatever the important work is in your life, if we're so consumed with our appearance and our body shape and size, how are we going to show up to those things that are meaningful? So I've decided that I have to weave this into my work because it's really, really important to me that my values show up in my work, who I work with, and make sure that people know, you know, what I'm about because the relationship between a trainer and their client is extremely intimate. And if you don't, if you're not on the same level, it's going to be a real rough session <laughs> or many rough sessions, right? Awkward. So that's a little bit about how I came to it. Oh my gosh. Um, I just have to say this, this really speaks to me when you, I, I want to come back and touch more on, um, you know, what you're talking about the social justice aspect of this, because as you can see, I kind of tilted my head like you uh, piqued my curiosity, like the light bulb went off for me. I have to say podcasts are my favorite because I really feel like every guest that I connect with, it's also the universe bringing um, a little nugget of uh, wisdom to myself as well. So not only to my listeners, but to myself. When you talked about we're so worried about how like our appearance, um, how we're showing up, that it keeps us from showing up and sharing the message, sharing the gift, sharing what we're here for. And I find myself recently in that own struggle lately, kind of especially with quarantine, because, you know, I've been home with the kids working from home and we don't go anywhere. And so you know, um, struggling with like not wanting to be appearance worthy, like not wanting to put on makeup or do my hair or do things like that, which translates to not um, kind of wanting to show up online and speak and share when I know that when I do show up and speak and share, no matter what I look like, I always connect with somebody. So I just felt like that really spoke to me, the universe telling me like, stop worrying about showing up perfect or, you know, with it all together, you just need to show up and share what your gift is. So thank you for that. That was just a little personal message for me. I wanted to share. <laughs> But when we let's go back and touch on, um, you know, the whole social justice of this, where did you find I'm just thinking about this, like right now, when I think of social justice, um, you know, movements and the things that we're talking about and are focused on right now, it's it's, um, you know, a lot of racism. We're focused on looking at a lot of that right now, what's going on in our system there. I feel like we've uh, a lot of gender, you know, we've, we're very aware of the gender things that are going on. And then you bring up this, like actually looking at the body shape, like I hate using the word fat, but um, like you said, fat phobia. Um, where did you begin? Like, where did you start learning more information about this when, when it popped up for you? What, what things did you start following? Where did you start finding your information? Sure. And let me just go back um, a moment because you said something that I think is really important that a lot of people say, which is, oh, I don't want to say fat, right? We have, we have, we think of the word fat as like a bad word. 
And it's not. And, and I know this from following, I, I do follow fat activists, right? So like on Instagram, I follow some, um, that phobia slayer is one. Reagan Chastain is another one. Um, Lindley Ashleen is another one. There's so many, um, body image by Brie, another one. So these are where I get my information and I do a lot of listening. Um, and you know, and like all people, like they're not a monolith, they all have different opinions and ideas about it. But generally speaking, the one thing, the one ask that is pretty consistent is just, they're saying, just call me fat. I'm fat. Just like we would look at somebody who's thin and say they're thin. It's a descriptor, right? It's just a descriptor. And we have to take that power back away from descriptors in, in shaming people with it. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Just like we would say someone's short or tall, they're fat, they're thin. And so we kind of take, we kind of disarm it, right? From its negative connotation. Um, so yeah, so I, I, follow, I follow fat activists just like I follow, um, you know, anti-racist activists and I learn from them. And the interesting thing is, is when you look at all kinds of oppression, they're all kind of an offshoot off of white supremacy. And it doesn't take long before you see that these threads all kind of lead back to this. Um, and even going back a little further into what we were talking about earlier, this idea of perfectionism is totally rooted in white supremacy. And it shows up in, you know, especially for women, right? This idea of perfection if we can't do it perfectly, if we can't do it flawlessly, well, then it's just not worth doing at all. Very few men will come to the table with that in their heads, right? There's actually a book that I want to read so bad right now. Um, it's next on my list. It's called Mediocre by Ijoma Aluo. And it, it is literally about how, you know, white men basically can get away with being mediocre, but everybody else on the margins, women included, need to show up perfectly or else, you know, we get piled on, right? People in the margins get piled on. So, so fat phobia is actually rooted in racism. And there's, I'm going to give you another book. There's a book by Sabrina Strings, Dr. Sabrina Strings called Fearing the Fat, or sorry, Fearing the Black Body. And there's a, there's a subtitle to it. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but it is an academic read. So it's not a light and fluffy read, but it is, chock full of good evidence and research and goes into, you know, that fat phobia is rooted in racism and Purit Puritanism. And that's why it shows up the way it does today. Fascinating read, highly recommended. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got to this. And, and so like in June, you know, uh, the murder of George Floyd really kind of kicked this off for me. And I think a lot of us ended up going, doing a deep dive into looking at our own, you know, um, you know, racism within us and having those uncomfortable examinations, having uncomfortable conversations with, you know, racist family members and, you know, overtly racist family members. <laughs> and, uh, and it's been hard. And, but, you know, I'm one of those people, like if I go down a rabbit hole, I go down all the way, I go down all the rabbit holes. And then I find more rabbit holes and I start going down. And so, yeah, so still learning, of course, still unlearning. I'm still doing problematic things that, and I'm sure in my blind spots, I'm like going, oh, didn't see that. Um, but what came out of that, that was so valuable and that I'm so grateful for is it really made me think about my values. You know, who am I as a person and how do I want to show up? And that, and I really wanted to show up 
with those values in my work. That was really important to me because, and I think we talked about this earlier, right? Like I want to attract those people to me and I want to turn off the wrong people. I want them to go away, right? Because we're not a good fit. And so this became not just, you know, on a, on a global level, like, of course, I want to do the right thing. And I want to, you know, I want to be on the side of justice, but also I want to enjoy going to work. <laughs> this is my, this is my work. This is what I do. My coworkers basically are my clients. I spend a lot of time with them. So I want to, I want to really root for them. You know, I really want to be on their side and not be like, Oh, this person, you know, so that's my selfish reason for doing it. This is a beautiful conversation. I was kind of chuckling, like you said before, we were talking basically about having more conscious conversations, how, um, you know, we were kind of beyond the shallow. We like to deep dive. And then I said, I feel like everybody's really more about that lately. And I said, wait a minute, maybe that just happens to be, you know, the people that we're connecting with. So, you know, we were talking about how, you know, you, you'll attract those like people to you. So I was just chuckling when you mentioned like, um, that was kind of the context behind that. And then I was looking at the time and I'm like, man, we've dove really deep in like <laughs> less than 20 minutes. Like we've Where did the deep. time go? Yeah. I'm like, whoa, I'm mind blown. I feel like there's so much here. I, I love that I was just able to provide that example too, by when I said, I hate saying the word fat and you were able to go boom, like and you were able to explain that to us. I'm like, this, uh, that just worked out so perfectly where it also, it, it kind of um, like it kicked on a light bulb over my head of like, I want to look more into this too, because yeah, has always been a negative connotation for me. My own personal story um, is one that I've struggled with my weight my whole life. I've had gastric bypass surgery. I've gone from, you know, almost 300 pounds down to like 120 pounds and, you know, all the way in between, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. Um, it could be episodes long, but um so this just really makes me want to look more at it. So thank you. I feel like our conversation, you know, took this turn for a reason. And I love that you gave us all of these resources that we can um, look into. So not only for myself, but also for anybody else, I feel again, that this is a struggle that a lot of women have, because this is kind of the society and the culture that we've grown up in has put such an importance on our appearance and, you know, um, those kinds of things. Do you notice that with a lot of clients that you work with? Like what, um, what are some of those things that they're kind of dealing with? Yeah. I mean, almost across the board. Um, and I primarily work with women. Most of my clients are all women and I don't know anybody who's escaped diet culture, you know, scar-free, um, and we're swimming in it. And so, you know, and sometimes people will ask me, you know, like, well, if I want to lose weight, will you help me with that? And it's like, no, but I will explain to you how I work and why I work the way I do. And I don't blame people for wanting to lose weight. So, you know, there's the social justice issue. I don't want to contribute to the body hierarchy where one body is better than the other, right? All bodies are good bodies. And I want people to work in their capacity, work at their edge of their ability and become stronger and healthier for them. You know, health is like a whole nother thing. We could talk about like health being achievable for all people and simply not true. You know, we can be healthy for us. We can, we can work towards that, but it's, there's no guarantee. So, um, 
So when people come to me and they want weight loss or they're thinking about it, I tell them, it's like, you have body autonomy. You do what you need to do for you. And, you know, understanding that there are people in fat bodies for whom it's not just an appearance thing like, oh, you know, somebody was called me a name. They're literally getting denied access to healthcare, to jobs, to clothing, to seats on an airplane. So, you know, that that's why it's important and get it why somebody would want to try to lose weight to just get off that radar, to just escape that kind of stigma and the microaggressions that come with that. Um, But I also think because we know too that weight loss or attempted weight loss has a 95% failure rate within five years. And the two thirds of the people who do manage to lose weight gain it back and more. So this is where we get into the weight cycling or yo-yo dieting that we see constantly. So even if weight loss was a good intervention, like, you know, effective, it, it's, it's not, but I might consider it. I might consider going, like, oh, okay, well, let's try this weight loss, but it's not. And it does more harm than good. And I want to mention too, that, you know, 5% of people who do manage to keep their, maintain their weight loss, do it through very disordered means right? Through disordered eating, disordered exercising, constantly thinking about food. So, and I've done that. I've been in that place where I maintained a very lean, um, you know, lean physique by pretty drastic means. Like nobody would want to do what I was doing, right? Measuring my food constantly, deciding, basing where I went out socially, you know, what kind of food's going to be there? Am I going to be hungry? So I would miss out on social things just to maintain my leanness. It became like a second career. It's a full-time job trying to maintain that leanness or striving for, for leanness. Um, so going back to what you were asking when people, you know, kind of, do I come across people who, you know, want weight loss and what do I do about that? I just kind of inform them how I work and why I do the things I do. And I also, you know, encourage people who have a hard time you know, loving their bodies. So, and we could talk a little bit about body positivity, but body positivity is actually a movement that was co-opted, right? This was a fat liberation movement that was started, I believe in the sixties by fat black women for body liberation. It was co-opted by thin white women who had stretch marks and they wanted to feel better about them. Right. Which isn't to say, yes, love your body, no matter, you know, what shape or size it is. Of course, if that's accessible to you, love your body. But for the vast majority of people, loving our bodies is not that accessible, no matter the shape or size. Right. We know this. And but what is more accessible, like that we can strive for is body neutrality. So that's something I advocate for. And body neutrality just basically says, you know, your body is the least interesting thing about you. Your body is like a vehicle. Your body is your vessel through which you get to do cool things, right? You get to show up in the world through your relationships. Again, interesting hobbies. And you do it through your body. It's like your car. It's like you get, it takes you places. But just like our car, we wouldn't sit there and be like, I'm going to obsess about the paint job and like, did, are the rims clean? You know, I'm going to get the toothbrush. And it's like, no, it's not the point. We're missing the point completely. And so it can become a huge distraction and, and keep us from doing like, the important work in the world. Wow. Um, I'm just so excited. Like listening to you speak, I'm just. <laughs> Yay. 
like I'm no, just I, I'm just so excited by um, this idea of just body neutrality. It's funny because over the last year, I've really shifted my own mindset into looking at the body as more of a vehicle, like our car that we're driving here. And how do I treat my car? And, you know, would I be putting like junk fuel into my car? Would I not be like, you know, vacuuming the crumbs out of the seats? And well, I mean, I don't, but uh, you know, <laughs> you get the gist. <laughs> but, um, so I just like, uh, I love that you made that connection, um, you know, for myself that there's an actual kind of term for it and there's a movement behind it. And, and that really excites me. So um, I, so, you know, how does one start becoming, um, how do they start moving away from this? How do you, would you say it's like lifestyle changes? We hear that, like, it's not a diet. You have to make lifestyle changes. Do you kind of operate from that mode too, or how do you approach it? Well, first of all, you know, I let people know because it seems fitness has done a really good job of selling weight loss, right? As that's the main goal. And even when I was offering weight loss as a service, I'd often have, you know, clients who were, they tell me like what their dream goal was. Oh, I, you know, I want to get stronger. I want to feel most people just want to feel good. You know, maybe they had low back pain and they really want to wake up and not feel, feel achy or, or whatever, just more supple, right? But then there would always be this kind of like, and I'll take a side of weight loss, like begrudgingly, you know, like as if they were expecting me to want that for them as, as a fitness professional, which always was so boring to me. Like weight loss was always the most boring thing for me personally and working with my clients. And my clients hated it. Like, who wants to work on weight loss? It is not inspiring at all. It's so externally focused, right? Um, so, and I just forgot the question you asked me. <laughs> what were you asking me? Yeah, I forgot too. <laughs> well, as you were speaking, I'm like, mm, maybe that's not because like you said, I don't want to. Um... Oh, I remember. I remember lifestyle, lifestyle changes. Yeah. So, so what I always, what I tell people is I said, um, cause a lot of people will ask me too. It's like, okay, so you take this kind of intuitive eating approach and you're not on diet, but people lose weight with you. Right. And it's like, no, that, that's not the point. Some people might, it just depends on what that person's natural weight is. I don't say healthy weight. I don't say, you know, anything about weight, really it's whatever your natural weight is. That's where we're going. Because our body has a set point of where it wants to be and we can fight it or we can just go, oh, this is programmed into my DNA. This is where my body wants to sit. And that's that. So I, I don't encourage fighting with our bodies. I encourage working with our bodies and letting it be at its healthiest place with health promoting behaviors, right? We can control that, which sometimes when people say healthy and I'm using quotes, it's really another code word for weight loss, right? Healthy eating, clean eating. Um, so we work on actual nutrition. We work on, well, first a lot of, for a lot of people who have, you know, kind of a troubled past with eating and food, we work on making peace with food. What does that look like? You know, if it's been, if they police their food a lot, there's a lot of food rules, there's a lot of restriction. Well, first we, we address that. Like, let's get to a place where we're not fighting with food. And it's such an anxiety producing event to eat or get hungry or to feel full. 
Um, and then we look at fitness practices, right? And so I like to say that I help people cultivate fitness practices that build them up without breaking them down. So we don't do any punishing exercise. We don't do anything for, you know, retribution. <laughs> like it's for us, it is self-care. So instead of trying to control our bodies and like make it submit to our will, it's like, wait, what does it need from you? Right. Is it hungry? Does it need to eat right now? Does it need, does it need some movement? Does it need rest? Like that's another place where it's kind of completely ignored. It's like, you know, like that, like people will say, oh, you can rest when you're dead or you can sleep when you're dead. And it's like, no, 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 <laughs> you need to rest now. Like, again, going back to a larger social justice issue that, you know, the, the main parent, the main piece of advice that we're all given is like, be productive, right? That's the, that's our motivation. we got to be productive and busy all the time. And it's like, no, you got to rest. That's not, you can't be productive when you're, you, you're just grinding it out all the time. And it's the same with fitness. Um, all the magic happens really in those rest periods. Exercise is the stimulation. We stimulate our muscles and tell our muscles, we're going to need a little more work from you. So we're going to rest now. And while you're resting, we're going to do this amazing thing where we build you up. We might, we might break down a little muscles, but then we're going to make it up stronger, but we need rest and we need food for that. So if you feel hungry, this is our body talking to us. Right? If you feel hungry, please eat. We need the building materials. And if you feel tired, please rest. We need the downtime to build. So that's pretty much how I approach it with my clients. Oh my gosh. So good. As you were talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know where this is going. Like, um, you know, so often we're pushing and pushing and pushing and taking action and making things happen because that's what we've been told to do as a society, go out and make things happen, go out and work hard, go do this, go do that. Um, you get your two weeks a year that you get to relax and that's, you know, and, and, um, oh my God, I love your analogy though, but it's in the rest periods, just like in the muscles when the rebuilding is happening, when the, you know, where the magic is happening, so to speak. That's the juju. Yeah. So good. Um, I really love to, um, this was a mindset shift I had to make too. the whole physical movement and the idea of exercise. I was turned off to it for so long because in the, you know, in the beginning, when I first started doing it, it was, yeah, a way to punish myself, a way to like, you know, um, almost like a, yeah, you like ate too much. Now you have to like exercise more. It was just always this miserable thing. And the best thing that I could do was shifting away my expectations of like what it had to look like, like that you had to do this, this, and this, like the other day, we just put on a dance party with my boys that I can hear in the background. And we, um, you know, we just danced it out for like an hour. And I'm like, that was just the best workout. And that was just moving my body, just like letting in my arms fling around like it doesn't have to that's the best thing that I could have done is realize like it doesn't have to be like one thing or another it doesn't have to like you know look a certain way if you know what I'm saying absolutely dance parties are the best I yeah. love a good dance party absolutely yeah. so I feel like oh, this has been such an amazing conversation so I feel like you've shared a lot about um you know how you kind of work with um you know, women to help them shift their mindsets away from this. So what kind of uh, programs do you offer? Do you do like one-to-one, -one, any group coaching, um, if you don't mind sharing with us? Sure. 
So I actually just finished, and I'm, I'm working on my getting the page up on my website right now for a program called Ease into Movement and Strength at Home. And this is a program for, it's, a, it's kind of like you follow along, you download the program um, and you follow along at home and you go at your own pace. So I really wanted this to be something where you first move into movement, which is just moving your body. Like you were saying, like a dance party, right? You just get things going because I feel like that's the, the block for a lot of people is that initial, like I'm overwhelmed. It, it's too much. I don't, I don't, I can't do a whole program right now. Like that's too daunting. So I really wanted to create something, especially while we're at home and maybe we've gotten either it's been a long time since we've exercised or we've never exercised and we want to start, but we want to ease into it. We want to slow build. So this is over eight weeks before you even build up to the whole program. So it starts really, really slow in increments of two weeks. So that is coming out soon. And if um, anyone's interested, I encourage you to get on my website and hop on my email list. Um, and if you do that, I have a newsletter called Sunday coffee, which you'll get at least one Sunday a month. And I just basically kind of talk about, you know, I give encouragement, my insights, what I'm learning and share that. So it's a kind of a good way to know it's on my mind and know what's going on in the fitness world through a non-diet weight neutral lens. Right. Um, and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well, all via Zoom right now while we're in the pandemic. So um, if anyone's interested in that, there's a get started form they can fill out and we can do a complimentary consult and talk more about their goals. Awesome. And where would we be able to um, find you out online? And do you have any like social we can follow? Yep. I have, well, my website is phases-fitness.com and you can find me on Instagram at phases fitness. Just awesome. Remember. Everything will also be linked in show notes. So you'll be able to scroll straight down and you can connect with, um, Amico so that we can, um, keep following this, this journey. I'm, um, just really excited to, uh, follow along because like I said, I really feel like you've offered me some different perspectives today that I'm, uh, excited to kind of explore further this whole idea behind, you know, this whole idea behind, um, you know, weight neutral and fat activism and removing the, the connotations behind just the words, you know, the connotations that we put on what should just be like text words. And we put so much meaning behind them. Yeah. Words are powerful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I just have to thank you so much. This, this conversation has been incredible. I feel like my mind is blown. I'm like, I have so much to process now. <laughs> in a good way. I hope. Yes. Oh, in a great way. I'm like, don't you love when you can do that? I'm like, I feel like, um, when you talked about rabbit holes, I laughed because I get myself down rabbit holes, my current rabbit holes. I've been learning about cryptocurrency. Don't ask me why I'm just like down the rabbit hole with that. And now I'm like, ah, I feel like I could just absorb, you know, more information and learn more about what you're talking about so that, you know, I can learn more about it. So thank you. Thank you for taking me down a new rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, thank you for going along with me. <laughs> so I, I would love to, as we kind of close out, do you have anything else that, um, you know, that you kind of wanted to share kind of a closing message for our listeners? You know, I think I just posted today about perfectionism since we talked about that. And I think I just want to encourage everyone to really see where they're trying to show up flawlessly, you know, and 
where that's preventing people from really shining and from bringing forward the work that we need from them, right? Like we all have our gifts and talents that we need to share. And if we're so concerned about making it perfect and palatable for everyone, then we're not sharing it and we don't, we don't get to experience it. We don't get that gift. So, and this goes for me too, right? It's really easy for me to go, but if it's not just right, what's the point? So I I speak from, this is from my heart as well. And I know a lot of other people struggle with this. So I would say, and, and some advice that was given to me by Kelly Deals, who's an amazing feminist marketing coach and teacher. said, just, just get it C plus level, aim for C plus and get it out there. And there's something so liberating about that. It's like, oh, I can do that. And she said, then if you want to clean it up later, go ahead and clean it up later, but just get it out there. I love that. I couldn't agree with you more because too many times if you're waiting for it to be just right or perfect or just, you know, you'll never get it out there. I can attest to that. You never get done. And then we're deprived. We're deprived of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I just have to thank you so, so much. This has been a fabulous conversation. So thank you for giving your time to be here today with us, Nico. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And I will see you next time.